Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred words of the Bible. Each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. All right. Good morning. We're up and running now. We got it going on. All right. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Just had me one of them little wafer things. What do you call it? Italian wafers? Pizzelle? Pizzelli? Pizzelle? I don't know. I don't even know which. How do you say it? But it was good. It's a wafer with coffee. It was delicious. So it gave me a little boost. And I'm excited about 2 Corinthians chapter 12 because this, this chapter is got some fire in it got some little couple one-liners that are awesome right a yummy cookie that's a good name for it it's called a yummy cookie pizza i don't know anyway on to the on to the word of god i had food for the body now we're gonna have food for the spirit food for the soul Welcome, everybody. Glad you guys are on us on this happy Thursday. It's a happy Thursday, you know, September the 9th. Let's read it. We've been we've been traveling through the uh, correspondence with the Corinthians. We're kind of coming down to the last two chapters. We'll finish up 13 tomorrow. It'll be on the podcast only. So grab the podcast and you can stay with us and finish up chapter 13. It's a short chapter on tomorrow morning. I'll release it and I'll record it and have it ready for you in the morning. So, and then on Monday, spread the word. Good time for new people to jump in. First Timothy, we're starting a new book on Monday. First Timothy, that'd be awesome. Paul's protege, going to pour some wisdom into him. That'll be good. So, yeah. All right. Second Corinthians chapter 12. Wafer boost. Wait for power. I'm on wait for power this morning. The Holy Spirit and wait for power. Here we go. Chapter 12, first or second Corinthians. I I must go on boasting. Remember, Paul just at the end of chapter 11 was gave his long list of all the things that he had suffered for the sake of the gospel. He didn't really want to talk about himself, but you know, in a sense, you feel like the Corinthians needed to hear it. They need to hear his qualifications and all that he had suffered for the gospel. And so I'm going to just fall like chapter 12. He begins, I must go on boasting. I don't really want to, but it seems to be something you guys need to hear. So he jumps in chapter 12. I must go on boasting. Although there is nothing to be gained, nothing gained from boasting, but it seems to be the only language you guys understand. That's what he's saying to the Corinthians. I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. Presumably, this is a big deal to the Corinthians. Like, if you're going to claim to be an apostle, you got to tell us what kind of vision you had. If you're going to try to be an apostle, you got tell me tell me about the revelations and visions you've had. That's how they work. They're all, all they're all messed up. They, you know, by how many ecstatic experiences you've had, supernatural encounters. That's what qualified you. So Paul says, I'm going to go on now and tell you about some of the visions, revelations that I've had. 
I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Now, interesting. Most scholars believe Paul's talking about himself here, just using third person. I'm going to tell you about this guy who grew up in Louisiana. About 18 years old, he found Jesus. <clears throat> talking about himself. It's like me telling my story in the, first, in the third person. Or you telling your third person, your story in the third person. There once was a little girl who grew up in Indiana or whatever. You're talking about yourself. South Boston. I knew a guy. 14 years ago. Was caught up to the third heaven. Now, uh, this isn't like le levels of heaven, right? So he's using the, the uh, ancient understanding of the heavens. So you have the blue sky heaven. It's kind of the first heaven. You have the stars as the second heaven. And then the third heaven was that place where God dwelled. The, the heavenly, the heavenlies where God was. So first heaven, sort of like the blue sky, the skies declare the glory of God. And then the second heaven is the stars, galaxies. And then the third heaven is where God is. So he said, we'll call it to the spiritual third heaven. <clears throat> Whether it was in the body or out I of the body, I do not know. God knows. I think it was kind of, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, but God knows, was caught up to paradise and heard inexpressible things, things that no one is permitted to tell. Paul's like, this, this is the kind of experience I've had. I never, he doesn't talk about this anywhere else. It's the only place he ever mentions it. So it's not wasn't a wasn't a, a point of bragging or a regular um, reference point in his ministry. But presumably because of the Corinthians and their issue. And, you know, if you if you if you're any any apostle worth their salt has had some kind of vision. <laughs> right. I mean, if you I mean. How are we going to take you serious if you ain't had no vision? It's not the right perspective, but it's the perspective of the Corinthians. And so Paul said, well, let me tell you about it. I actually did have this vision. I've had inexpressible things happen. Here's one of them. I will, verse 5, I will boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself, except about my weaknesses. I don't like talking about those spiritual things, making it sound like I'm all that. I'd rather talk about my weaknesses. How I am nothing, but Christ is everything. <clears throat> I will not boast about myself, except about my weaknesses. Verse 6, even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth. I'm telling you the truth about it. I'm making it up, but I refrain. So no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say, or because of these surpassingly great revelations. So I had these great revelations, but I don't, I don't want to highlight those. Therefore, in order to keep me from being conceited, Paul's like, look, okay, let me tell you something. I've had these amazing revelations, but God has placed something in my life to keep me from being conceited. This is this is an important, important text we're about to go into right here. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh. A messenger of Satan to torment me. Okay, well, well. so Paul's like, um, now notice he says, uh, da, 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 da. he was given a thorn in the flesh, presumably by God. So God God gave him this little setback, and also presumably it was something that was um, noticeable. 
you know, other people recognized it. Maybe it was his speaking ability. Maybe it was his, maybe he had a physical ailment. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe it was, maybe it was baldness. I don't know. You know, I really don't know what it was. Probably something a little more severe than baldness. But um, <clears throat> he had this thorn in his flesh. And, and the thorn really at its root is more than like just a little like pin needle. You know what I mean? It's more like a, it's a dagger. It's like a, like a tent stake. So it, it's painful. It hurt. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a true, it's a true obstacle in life. Therefore, in order to keep me from being conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan. So it was given by God, but, but how many know that sometimes God can place something in our life that's a, that to keep us maybe from being conceited or keep us humble. Uh, but it also can be used by Satan. Satan kind of turns it to see God doesn't love you. God doesn't love you because if God loved you, he'd take that away from you. You wouldn't have to you wouldn't have to deal with any of that if, if God loved you. It's like he did with Jesus in the wilderness. He takes he takes something that's going on in our lives that may be put there by God to, to help us to grow and mature and to keep us humble for whatever reason, God's divine purposes in our lives. But Satan will turn it. Becomes a messenger. So that thorn becomes a messenger of Satan. So we got to make sure we listen to the right voices. And it was used to torment, torment him, right? But just pray about it, Paul. Just pray about it. Just pray about it. Declare it gone in the name of Jesus. Paul's like, I did that. Verse 8. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away. And probably he pleaded more than three. For there he's just like, a, you know, symbolic. He, he asked over and over. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, here's a big one, guys. Here's a big one. My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Woo! What? You know something today? You know, you may be battling something. You may be struggling with something. It's a thorn in your flesh. <laughs> it's not your husband. <laughs> it's not your wife. <laughs> okay, so you got a thorn in your flesh. You got a, you got something that's just maybe it's a physical ailment. Maybe it's a backache. Maybe it's a pain. Maybe it's a you know a mental struggle. Maybe whatever it is. Maybe part of the reason I mean, you've been prayed about it. First of all, pray about it, right? Pray that God. Another wrong praying that it be removed, and God may remove it miraculously. But it's also a reminder that it can also be used by God for uh, greater purposes, right? So that we rely on him. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. You, you see the contrast Paul here has, says here? He's like, I could spend all my time talking about great visions and revelations and how, you know, my my strengths and how God was called up to third heaven and had this super high spiritual experience. And this was awesome. He said, but I'd rather talk to you about something else. I'd rather talk to you about my weaknesses. I've got to talk to you about the thorn in my flesh that torments me day and night. Because it's that thorn in the flesh that reminds me daily that God's grace is sufficient for me. Mm. What? I'd rather talk about that. I'd, I'd rather talk about the thing in my life that is a setback that God continually uses to bring me comfort and peace and reminds me that no matter what, his grace is sufficient. So, friends, whatever you're going through today, whatever it is, 
and I mean this like universally, not that not that whatever you're going through is not severe. God's grace is sufficient for you. Whatever I go through, God's grace is sufficient. Not everything is fun. Not everything is easy. Not everything is going to be delivered. Not everything will we be delivered from. Sometimes there are thorns in our flesh. But God's grace is sufficient for us. His power is made perfect in weakness. Wow. Wow. So Paul says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. I'm not going to spend any more time talking about revelations and visions. I want to talk about my wisdom. I'm going to boast in my weaknesses. Boast that in my weaknesses, Christ is made strong. That is why, okay, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, swine, so that Christ's power may rest on me. People relate more to our scars than our trophies, right? So God's power is shown more through our scars than our trophies. See, a lot of people aren't going to relate to my, my grandiose visions and revelations that I received from the Lord. Oh, the Lord showed me. The Lord told me. The Lord showed me. The Lord told me. Most people don't understand that. They're like, what? But look, you talk, You know what? I went through a health scare a few years ago. People understand that. I went through a, I went through a, a depression a few months back. People understand that. I lost my job a few years back. People understand that. So Paul's like, I'd rather talk about the things how God carried me through my weaknesses, because in my weaknesses, I'm made strong. So that the so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight. Oh, what? I delight in my weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties, in all those things. Ooh, ooh. Man, what? What if we... What if we turned it around every time we had an adversity? Like, you know what? I'm not going to moan about my adversities. I'm not going to cry and whine about my setbacks. Not that I'm looking for them or signing up for new setbacks. But you know what? In my weaknesses and my insults and my hardships and my persecutions and my difficulties, I'm going to do what? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to delight in them because I know through them Christ is going to be made strong. Mm-hmm. And that God's power will rest on me through them. There it is. Here's the one. Here's one. Here's one. Here's a highlightable one here. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Come on, somebody. Come on. That's why we can't lose, man. That's why we can't lose with Jesus. Even when we weak, we strong. Even in our persecutions, we strong. Even in our difficulties, we're strong. Even in our insults and our weaknesses and our hardships, we still strong. In fact, Christ is stronger in us in those moments. Mm. It make you want to just, if you're driving down the road right now, it makes you want to just put your head out the window and go, praise Jesus, don't you? Does you? Yeah. You driving down the road? Like, mm, oh, yeah, Pastor Terry talking about something right there. I feel that. You just want to roll down the window. Praise Jesus. And people think you're crazy. They will think you're crazy. But the Lord will get it. <laughs> Love it. All right. Verse 11. I have been made a fool. I have, and this is about this is probably me right here. Self, self-referential right here. I have made a fool of myself. <laughs> but you drove me to it. <laughs> it's your fault. It's y'all fault. 
Yes, I made it. I, I made a fool of myself, but it's y'all's fault. All you, all y'all on the podcast on the morning prayer. Yeah, I made a fool of myself. It's your fault. It's your fault. It's not not my fault. Oh my gosh. So Paul says, I made a fool of myself, but it's you drove me to it. I ought to have been commended by you, for I am not the least inferior to the super apostles. Like, I should not even have to be defending myself to these quote-unquote super apostles, even though I am nothing. Again, Paul always, between that, you know, asserting his authority and also being humble. Like, I am an apostle, but I'm not trying to boast about that. You know, you feel that internal struggle with Paul. Like, every time he boasts or makes a claim, he also tempers it with a... You know, but I am nothing. <laughs> I'm nothing without Jesus. He lives with a, a, a constant awareness of his dependence, his total and utter dependence on Jesus. Um, verse 12, I persevered in demonstrating among you the marks of true apostleship, including signs, wonders and miracles. How were you inferior to other churches? How, how did I how did I slight you? Except that I was never a burden to you. Only thing that the only thing that I kept from you was being a burden. Forgive me for this, for this wrong. Forgive me for being so horrible. <laughs> now I'm ready to visit you a third time, and I will not be a burden to you because what I want is not your possessions, but you. I don't want I don't want stuff from you, man. I want you. I want you. Remember, Paul's like a father, a spiritual father to this church. He's like, I don't want your stuff. I'm not going to there just to get an offering. I want you. And by that, I mean, I want Jesus to have you fully and completely. After all, children should not have to save up for their parents. And so I don't want to get anything from you. You're my children, my children, but parents for their children. That's just, that's the truth, man. That, that street usually goes, that, that hand usually goes one way. It goes from the parent to the child. You know what I'm saying? Can I have $20? Can I have some money? I need to go. Can I get some, can I have some, can I straight from the parent to the child? Phone ring. Oh, my goodness. What, what's it? Yep. Sure can. We'll send you. We'll put some money in your account. Sure will. That's what Paul's saying. Verse 15. So I will very gladly spend for you everything I have and expend myself as well. I'm going to give you everything. If I love you more, will you love me less? Be that as it may. I have not been a burden to you, yet crafty fellow that I am. Crazy little feller that I am. <laughs> That's a funny phrase. That's a funny phrase. The crafty little feller that I am. You know that that morning podcast we talked about that crafty little feller. Anyway, Paul says, "Yeah, that crafty feller that I, I caught you by trickery." He's being he's being sarcastic, right? A little hyperbole here. I caught you by trickery. Yeah, I, I mean, I really pulled the wool over your eyes on this one. Surprise, I'm all about Jesus. <laughs> I know this is a shocker. I actually want you to grow up spiritually. I know this is a stunner, guys. He's like, I'm so crafty. <laughs> Did I exploit you through any of the men I, I sent to you? I urged Titus to go to you, and I sent our brother with him. Titus did not exploit you, did he? Did we not walk in the same footsteps by the same spirit? Have you been thinking all along that we have been defending ourselves to you? We have been speaking in the sight of God as those in Christ. And everything we do, dear friends, is for your strengthening. Everything we're doing is so that you might be built up. For I am 
afraid that when I come to you, I may not find you as I want you to be. And you may not find me as you want me to be. <laughs> Paul's like, I'm afraid when I come see you, you're still going to be in the same old sins, doing the same old stuff. No repentance. He's going to say that in a minute. And uh, and you know what? Uh, you ain't going to see me like you want to see me either. But I'm going to be upset about it. You won't see me the way you want to see me. I fear that there may be discord in the church. When I get there, there may be discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorder. Sound like some church business meetings I've been to. <laughs> uh, back in the day. <laughs> uh, verse 21. <laughs> I am afraid that when I come again, my God will humble me before you. Why is he going to be humble? Because his heart will be grieved when he finds the condition of the church. He's like, Paul's like, I'm, I'm kind of dread coming to you because I'm afraid that when I get there, God's going to humble me. Like my heart's going to be grieved uh, by what I see. And I will be grieved over many who have sinned earlier and have not repented of the impurity, sexual sin, and debauchery in which they have indulged. Mm. We'll finish up 13 tomorrow. But that's how Paul, Paul just leaves it right there in 13. I mean, right then to 12. That's how it ends. It's good stuff in chapter 12, though, right? My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Some good stuff. Crafty fellow that I am. <laughs> All right, you guys. Thanks for being on today. I had my little morning wafer. Had my coffee. Got the word of God, got to share together, pray, time to pray now. Did some laughing along the way. That's a, that, that never happens. But hey, you know what? Let's do it. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that gives us joy and life and hope, confidence. Lord, we, uh, we thank you that your grace is sufficient. We have seen that in our lives in the past and trials and struggles and hardships that we've gone through. Not any or many to the degree that the Apostle Paul went through, but we've gone through our share of hardships and persecutions and difficulties. And yes, amen, your grace is sufficient. Praise God. And so, Lord, as we face today, as we face the future, we go with that confidence that no matter what we face, your grace is sufficient. You're more than enough. And that through it, you are made perfect in our weakness. Lord, I pray for my friends today. Some of them may be weak. They may be tired, fatigued, spent. Lord, may they sense that your grace is sufficient and that through that, Lord, through their weakness, you might be made perfect. Your purposes and plans and who you are will be revealed not only to them, but to the people who are around them. Lord, thank you that even when we're weak, because of you, we're strong. Lord, I pray your blessing upon your people today, on each person, whatever need they have. May you bless them and encourage them today. Bless them real good, Lord. In the name of Jesus, whom we love and worship and strive to become more like. Amen. Amen. Amen, y'all. Thanks for being on today. Tomorrow on the podcast only, we'll wrap up chapter 13, short chapter, only 14 verses. So we'll wrap up chapter 13. And then on Monday, we'll start a new book, 1 Timothy. 
So spread the word. Good time for people to jump in. Be part of the uh, Daily Prayer Morning Podcast. Awesome. All right, you guys. Love you guys. We'll see you next time. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you for joining us today on Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, please help us by spreading the word about the podcast. You can do that by giving us a thumbs up, subscribing, and sharing it with your friends. You can also find me, Pastor Terry, as well as Bayside Church in Safety Harbor, Florida, on all social media platforms. The church you will find at Bayside Church SH. Again, thank you for being with us today and for sharing this podcast with your friends. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.